Well, praise the name of the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Can we once again give God praise for, first of all, our media team who's been doing a fantastic job. God bless you, media team. God bless you, media team. And of course, let's give praise for our praise and worship team that brings praise and worship to your house. Amen. I hope I've been getting videos from uh, parents who have been showing me uh, videos of their children dancing and singing and running around the house during worship and praise. So, th so that's the beautiful thing that children are catching the fact that, that this is not a concert. This is not you just sitting and watching the people on the stage perform. Though you are not in the house of the Lord, yet you're in the house of the Lord. You are the ecclesia, the call out one, and we're worshiping God together. So we praise God for his goodness. <clears throat> of course, uh, we want to ask, uh, get our children ready for this uh, question. And again, this is the question of the week for our children and, um, and those of you who respond out of those who respond, there will be a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts given to uh, you as the children's family youth ministry would uh, decide how those go out. So anyways, here's the question. I said last week that black woman put God first. Black woman put God first. So, so what does the word first, F, I-R-S-T, each of those stand for a particular thing regarding what God does for or holds for a black woman. And so we want you right now, uh, children, 17 years old and under, if you could begin to fill out that information and send it to the website listed below. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3, Ruth chapter 21, Verse, sorry, Ruth chapter 4, verse 21 and 22, and Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Deuteronomy chapter 3, 23, verse 3, says, No Moabite woman, sorry, no Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter into the assembly of the Lord, not even in the 10th generation. Ruth chapter 4, verse 21 and 22 Solomon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. I want to conclude this series on black women, and the title of this sermon, part three, is Brother, Can You Help a Sister Out? Brother, my brother, can you help a sister out? Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in power of God. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know the hope of your call. And Lord, I thank you for the 1,000 subscribers you're going to give to our channel. And I also thank you for the 1,000 attenders to our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, as we are concluding this series on black women, I want to, I, I just want you to, to understand what is trying to be accomplished in this moment, in this series, because I really believe it can be a transformative moment for, for the people of God if we receive the word of the Lord the way it should be received. First of all, as I said to you before, uh, God wants me, us in this season, to focus on black women. And, and I shared with you last week that, as you know, uh, uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she had suffered from sickle cell, and, and she's three years older than my youngest daughter, uh, Jessica, 
who last night they, the, the, the praise and worship team from the Young Adults Ministry, Fan into Flames, they did an excellent job. That night of worship was amazing. So you can go to the channel and enjoy that. By the way, almost 2,000 people have already viewed the night of worship last night. Can we give God praise? That's amazing. 2,000 views. But my point is this, is that, that when Jessica, when Vanessa would go into a sickle crisis, the whole family rallied around Vanessa to make sure that the crisis was not unto death. And, and my point was is that as we ministered to Jessica as a family and brought her to Children's Hospital, etc., Vanessa, uh, Jessica did not feel less loved because we were focused on Vanessa. And my point is, is that, yes, God loves all his daughters, but right now, his black daughters are hurting. And there, there should not be a problem of all of God's daughters rallying around his black daughters and saying, I got your back. Amen. So please do not get this confused or twisted that, oh, are you saying God loves black women more than he likes white? No. And, and if you can't understand that, then you need the Lord to just change your heart. Now, I want, to understand, I want you to understand this because there's others who may be saying, you know, the bishop should bring, no, to, should bring about some statistical analysis as far as what black women have to go through as opposed to white women and Asian women and all kinds of women. Let me tell you what the objective is so that you can receive what God has for you, not Brian Greene. First of all, the objective of these sermons is not an explanation of the challenges that black women face in America. I will be the first to tell you right now that I am not qualified to speak on that subject. My objective is to provide Father God's, listen to me, black daughters with a revelation of how much he loves you. I am only simply a mailman that's expressing the heart of God for his black daughters. This is not a sermon. It's a message from God. And therefore, see, if it's a sermon, then I can construct it and get all data, analysis. And God said, no, this is not a sermon. This is not your sermon. This is my message. And so I ask you to receive the heart of God for you, black women. As I said to you, the first series, I said, the first message in this series, I said, black women pave a way. In other words, black women, they pray, and Lord have mercy. Uh, we have had amazing prayer times. The, the, the uh, morning prayers have been uh, averaging over 50 people come to morning prayer, 6 a.m., online. That's amazing. And then on the, Lord have mercy, the midnight prayer, especially on this past Friday night, I mean, people were weeping. God was moved. We had about 35 people on the midnight prayer. Folks, you've got to get in on prayer because prayer changes things because first it changes us. Praise the name of the Lord. So black woman pray, black woman act, black woman a people of action. Black women vote, and I'm not talking about November 3rd. I'm talking about vote as in the definition of the word vote. One of the definitions of the word vote or etymology of the word vote, it means actually to be devoted. In other words, like, and we use Esther as our, as our case study where we said that Esther in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, she took a risk going to the king. And black women, they are women of faith because they're willing to vote. They're willing to take a risk. And then finally, black women are examples. I can't tell you how many black women have been examples to my life. And I, I, I shared a list of women. And it's not funny because I met a, one of our white partners 
And, and I was asking them, well, how are you receiving the message? Oh, because my attitude is we are a multicultural, multi-ethnic church, so I want to find out how the message is coming across. Because you know that when it comes to communication, you can say something, but it can be received in a, in a, in a way that you have not intended for it to be received. And she said to me, she said, Bishop, you don't understand that Men, most of my mentors and most of the people who poured into my life, who changed my life, this is a white woman, she said, we're black women. So I have no issue with this because they have been a blessing to my life. Black women are examples. And then we talked last week about black women put God first. Black women put God first. That is, uh, black women understand that God has your future in his hands. God holds your identity, and we use, we use uh, uh, Naomi as an example where she allowed her circumstances to identify her. What do you mean? Her, her name was, Naomi means pleasant. Things are going well. In fact, the pleasant, uh, the word pleasure, or Eden, the word Eden, Garden of Eden, actually means pleasure, delight. So here she is, she's living the life, and all of a sudden, Tragedy hits. She loses her. She loses her uh, husband. She loses her two sons. She loses everything, and she comes back to her hometown and she says, "Don't call me Naomi anymore, which means pleasant and delightful. Call me Mara, which means bitterly bitter, because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me." She she her her circumstances so devastated that she decided that she wanted to change her identity based on her circumstances. And I want to let you know that God has your identity. I don't care what you're going through. Your identity must come from God. And if, and if it comes from anybody else, it is a lie. God not only holds your future, not only God holds your identity, God also holds your restoration. He has the ability to restore that which was stolen from you or that which was taken from you because the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the devil is a, is, he's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill and destroy. John 8, verse 44 says also, the devil is a liar. And so God comes, he says, I'm gonna restore the identity. I'm going to restore what was stolen from uh, my black daughters. He's going to restore, yes, in all kinds of ways, even reparation. He's going to make the devil pay back everything that he stole from you. Can somebody give God praise right now and say, that's me. He's going to, he's going to get your stuff back. Black women produce whatever they produce. It serves the kingdom of God. I, I, I have... If you want to see the faithfulness, see, the Bible says at the end of our lives, when we, come, when we all stand before God in Matthew chapter 25, he's not going to say, well done, thy good and intentional servant. He says, well done, thy good and faithful servant, meaning that you got to do something for God to say, well done. And, and so what I've discovered many times is, is, is sadly, but it's changing, but sadly, when I was growing up, the first ones to serve were the women. And, and black women know how to serve. They produce something that serves. I learned how to serve by watching, yes, my father, but also watching my mother. See, Ruth had a baby, and his name was Obed, which means servant. And the question I'm asking you is that, are you producing things that that serve the purposes of God? Does your money serve the purposes of God? Does your talent serve the purposes of God? Does your, does your uh, effort serve the purposes of God? Do you produce children that love and serve the purposes of God? The reason why I love the house of God is because I watch uh, women in this church, yes, ma'am, but women in this church who, when they came into the house of God, they came in with a shout. And that's what I'm saying. Black women know how to come into the house of God with thanksgiving. They know how to thank God. They wouldn't just walk into the house of God. They would dance in the house of God. They would, see, see, you, you, would, have, you would have men quoting, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But the woman would come in the church. I was glad. I mean, they, they, they didn't even have time to put down their pocketbook. They were already shouting when they hit the door. And 
I, I've said this many times when I was younger, and I said, I have made up my mind as a man, and my wife will tell you, I made up my mind as a man that I'm very competitive, most of you, most of you know that, I am not going to let no woman outshout me. Amen. You want to see how a shout goes, how a praise the Lord goes, you watch me. And, and men, you will wonder why our sons are not passionate after God, they're looking at us. Let me get, let me stop right there. Lord, have mercy. Learn how to give thanks. So today I want to talk, God wants to give his black daughters his, today we're going to use Ruth as our case study. God wants to give his black daughters a reputation that is not simply a reputation, but his reputation. God wants to give you not only his reputation, he wants to give you his results. God wants to give you his reward, and God wants to give you his redeemer. Oh my goodness. His reputation, his results, his rewards, and his redeemer. Now, if you remember, Ruth is returning back to Bethlehem, Judah, a place she's never been, a country that she's not from. She leaves the comfort of her own home, and she comes into a country that basically hates her. So when she leaves for the sake of Naomi, and and the name Ruth means friend, companion. There is a friend, ladies, women, that sticks closer than a sister. And she, she, she has all the odds stacked against her because and you can look at the, at the uh, Genesis, not the book of Genesis, although, yeah, actually in the book of Genesis, but you can look at the Genesis of how Moab was created, and you'll discover that it was not a, it was not a bad beginning. And God, in, in fact, when the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, I believe it is, on Numbers, when they were going to the promised land, it was the Moabites who tried to hinder them from going into the promised land. So God basically said in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3, that no Moabite will be in the congregation of an Israelite even up to the 10th generation. You know God must have been pretty bad, mad when he said not even your great, 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 great grandchildren are going to be allowed in the assembly. And yet, Ruth still went into to Bethlehem, Judah, against all odds. And my point is, is that black women, we know the odds are against you. See, here was so, I was so angry this week. And you said, man, Bishop, you have, some ang- you have some anger issues. No, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. But I was angry this week because during, and you can Google it, you can Google it, during the vice president debate between Vice President uh, Pence and uh, vice president candidate Kamala Harris, who is a black woman, Google sent out some data and they said that during during the debate, the most, the, the searches on Google regarding Kamala Harris, where people were searching for her to find out if they can find pictures of her nude, if they can find pictures in her bikini, if they can find pictures of her in a bathing suit. That, that, those numbers, the analytics went up during the debate and after regarding this black woman. Do you know what they searched for regarding Mike Pence? his net worth. That ought to tell you something. The odds stacked. She's, and then of course, the day, and again, this, you know, this isn't about who I'm voting for, but you, you vote for whoever you want to vote for. I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating what's happening that, that, that after the debate and simply saying, instead of simply saying, you know, hey, my guy did a good job and, you know, we didn't particularly uh, agree with what this woman was saying, he called Kamala Harris a monster. 
Of course, he's called the president. Uh, Donald John Trump called, uh, has called her angry, has called her nasty. And what his son uh, tweeted out about Kamala Harris, I can't even say from the pulpit. You can Google it. He deleted it, but that's what, that's what the narrative is going out about our black woman. And see, you may say, oh, why does that bother you? Because when they say that about Kamala Harris, they're talking about my mother. They're talking about my wife. They're talking about my sister. And, then, and, and, and unless you look at it that way, then you'll just say, ah, I'll just let that slide. And if you let it slide, you are complicit by your silence. Whew. Let's, keep, let's keep preaching. God has your reputation. The Bible says that uh, with, God, with regards to Ruth, it says in Ruth chapter 2, verses 11 to 12, the, the, uh, the, uh, Boaz says, the whole town heard about Ruth's good, that is her God character, that she would leave everything to help her mother-in-law, she, which, which means that she probably, if maybe her natural mother was still alive in Moab, but she left her natural mother uh, to follow this Jewish woman back to the land of Israel, and she served Naomi in such a way that the whole town heard of her reputation. Black women have a wonderful reputation. Number two, uh, results. Ruth, in those days, poor people, there was no social security, there was no uh, welfare, so when you were poor, uh, you would go in the fields and you would glean uh, a harvest from a, a wealthy person's field. In other words, they would leave sort of like the crumbs of the harvest. Boaz uh, heard of Ruth's wonderful reputation and he instructed his harvesters to don't leave just the crumbs, leave, leave, leave like a little extra more. So what would happen is that Ruth, when she came back home to sit with, with, with such bundles of harvest, Naomi said, where in the world have you been? My goodness, you, you, you brought back more than what was expected. And it is amazing how a black woman, especially a black mother, can stretch a dollar and make it into 10. <laughs> they can stretch a little meal and, and feed you know, a, a whole household, five, 10, 15 people. But my point is that somehow God has anointed black women where he puts his hand on their lives and they produce far more results than the average person. Why? Because they have to fight through more than the average person. Black women also receive the Lord's reward. I don't look, you, stop looking for people to give you your reward. Stop getting mad at your boss, getting mad at your, your husband, getting mad at white people, getting mad at Asians, getting mad at Hispanics, getting mad at life. Stop getting angry. And I mean by angry meaning that the anger becomes, uh, 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 paralyzes you and understand that your reward will come from the Lord. What do you mean? I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about God has the ability to give you his reward. Even when people are fighting to keep you down, God has a way of giving you your reward. What do you mean? Again, God saw the heart of Ruth while she was in Moab. And he said, I'm going to get that girl and I'm going to get her and I'm going to bring this Moabite who I said shouldn't even be in my assembly. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to have her marry this man named Boaz. And what's going to happen is that after she marries this man, Boaz, she is going to become the great grandmother of the, one of the greatest leaders and greatest man of God in the Bible, David. Only God can do that. She has no business receiving this kind of reward, but God rewarded her by producing David. And then finally, God is your redeemer. You, you need to read the story of Ruth. It's a short story. But Ruth marries this man named Boaz 
because God knew that Ruth needed Boaz to get to the place where he had needed and prepared for her to be. Without Boaz, Ruth doesn't get to where she needs to be. What are you talking about? Without Boaz, Ruth is not a part of the Jewish genealogy. Notice, in the Old Testament, when they mention the genealogy of Perez, in particular Boaz, in the Old Testament, Ruth is not mentioned. Oh my goodness. In the New Testament, because of Jesus, <laughs> oh my goodness, where women are excluded in the Old Testament, the same genealogy, Jesus goes and says, no, I'm going to include Rahab, who's a prostitute, and I'm going to include Ruth, who's a Moabite. She has no business being in my genealogy, but I'm her redeemer, so put her name. Jesus said, say her name. <laughs> when the Old Testament is said, when, now we can't put, we, we, we're Jewish, we, it's, a, it's a patriarchal uh, uh, society. You don't, uh, any, any well-reputable uh, 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 Jewish man would never put a woman in his genealogy. But Jesus says, say her name. <laughs> say Rahab. <laughs> say, say Ruth. Say Tamar. The woman that God included in Jesus' genealogy. <laughs> I wouldn't even have put them there. Yeah, he's the redeemer. You see what's interesting? Names are very important. They're prophetic. Ruth's husband was Mahlon. Mahlon, ooh, I can run around and say, Mahlon means sickly. God replaces Mahlon, who is sickly, with Boaz, whose name means strength. Sisters, I'm not saying that God's replacing your husband, but I'm saying that you got some men in your life who are sickly. In other words, let me, let me bring it up to the 21st century. You got toxic men in your life and God is removing them and bringing Boazes in your life to help you get what God has for you. Need a black man who's a good father figure. But you need a black man who's going to be, mm, I can run around this church. You need a black man who's going to be a good brother. What do you mean a good brother? He, he, he ain't hanging around you because you fly. He ain't hanging around you. I'll use the old son. She's our brick. She, she, she ain't, he ain't hanging around. He, he, he is a true brother. You need a true brother, a Boaz, who's going to help you get to where you need to go. And God's going Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the blessings over my, over your black daughters to open their hearts to the Boazes that you're going to send into their lives. Too many Malans have come in and brought toxicity into their lives. And so now they have their defenses up. But you're going to give them a brother who will bring healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Again, without, without Boaz, Ruth doesn't get to where she needs to go. I, uh, 
Ruth's transformation not simply comes from Boaz, but we know that Boaz as a redeemer represents Christ. Christ our redeemer. And the word Christ means, it, it, it comes from uh, a root where it simply means to anoint. So Christ, Messiah, he is the anointed one. The anointing breaks the yoke. All, in, all the word anoint means literally is just to rub with oil. To rub with oil. And so um, I have my own personal confession. You know, I, I, I gave you all a confession to write. But I have my own confession, and I say, I, I say, and I say, I'm anointed of the Lord. I am God's WD-40, and I get people unstuck. So I have WD-40, it's oil, and you know, most people use WD-40 when, when things are rusted and stuck. Are you with me? Uh, uh, use WD-40. Am I right about that, uh, Brother Sid? Yeah, he's a, he, he's, no, he's a professional. Yeah, yeah. I, and so let me close with this. Mm, Jesus, have mercy. Hang on to your seats. I am a WD-40 man. I am, without Boaz, Ruth is stuck as a Moabite. I declare regularly, I'm a WD-40 man. I get people unstuck. A Christ man, an anointed man, will help to get black women unstuck. He helps to get his daughters unstuck, his sisters unstuck, his family unstuck, others unstuck. And my point is, a black woman is God's daughter, which means that she's my sister. I've discovered that, yeah, Carmen's my wife, but first of all, she's my sister in Christ because she's God's daughter before she's my wife. And too often, we, would treat, we treat our wives in a way that we would never treat our sisters. Let me just keep preaching here. Mm. So let me just conclude with this. I want to talk about quickly eight things that WD-40 does, and ask yourself, either A, am I a WD-40 man, or B, God help me to be a WD-40 man. So number one, a WD-40, this is the, four, this, this is, there's, a, there's a, a, a site that says, that says about 50 things that WD-40 does. So let me list eight things that God wants us to do. Number one, WD-40 dissolves and removes rust in or prevents rust and corrosion by protecting precious metal. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says that our faith is more than the precious metal of pure gold. And so my question is, brother, are you a WD-40 to the place that you increase and protect the faith of your sister? Number two, WD-40... You can, oh, Lord, this is, honey, you better pray right now. You, use, you can use WD-40 to rub paint from another car that hits your car. So in other words, your car got nicked and you have the paint of the other car on your car. WD-40 can remove the paint stain. What are you saying, Bishop? Mm. Do you have an anointing enough that when a sister gets offended, you have the ability to come into her life and remove the stain of that offense so she can be free of the offense? See, too often, some of you, and I'm not even talking about sisters, I'm talking about Christians in general, you, re you actually really think you have the right to be offended. No, 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 seriously, seriously. You actually think you have the right to be offended and to stay offended. And Jesus says, you better read your Bible. You wonder why your prayers are not getting answered. 
He says these words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and verse 12. Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and the Passion Translation says, forgive me my wrongs as I have forgiven those who wronged me. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. Let's keep going. WD-40. You, spray, you can spray a stain with WD-40, gently cleanse with a sponge and warm soapy water until the stain is gone. What are you saying? The Bible talks about husbands in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 29, that I'm to shower my wife with the word of God so that she can become purified and presented to Jesus Christ. But some of us don't even know, know enough word, don't even know enough scripture to shower a sister with the word. If you use WD-40, it blocks wasps from building their nest on your property and keeps spiders away. I, I, have, I, I, I have an anointing on my life that keeps the devil out of my home. Brothers, is there anointing on your life to keep the devil out of your home? Let him keep preaching. Am I preaching, Brother O'Henry? WD-40 removes squeaky, noisy hinges. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. Some of us, there's too much noise going on in our home, and we need the anointing of peace. When you walk into a ho your house, does peace enter with you or confusion? I had one of my favorite chairs. Every guy, if you have, either have a man cave or a man chair. And most of some of the you know, people who've been over my house, whether they're young people, or, you know, mostly young people because of my daughters inviting folks. And, and I walk into the TV room and they say, oh, oh you're, sitting in my, you're sitting in my father's chair. And then I kind of get them to look like you're in my chair. Well, I'm in my chair and it rocks. And all of a sudden I'm and I'm like, what's this noise? And I turned that chair over, took some WD-40. Are you the atmosphere in your house that brings the noise of confusion, or do you bring peace? WD-40, I'm going to get three more, and then we're going to pray. WD-40 softens leather. In other words, Psalm 95, verse 78, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 78 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Do you have an anointing on you, men, that softens the hearts of your sisters so that they can hear God? It's quiet in here. WD-40 helps remove tight jewelry. What do you mean? Sometimes your ring, you can't get it off, and so you actually can use WD-40. It'll, it'll help you get the jewelry off. What are you talking about, Bishop? I'm saying this, that, that do you have an anointing that allows 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, 17, it says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Do you have an anointing on you that when you speak, you speak such words of encouragement to your sister that it loosens the grip of the world? on their lives. And finally, WD-40 loosens faucet clogs. In other words, Jesus talks about in John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. He says, whoever believes in me as a spirit, scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This, he spoke of the Holy Ghost. And my point is, is that I want to be in my house, in this church, and in my sister's lives. I don't want to be somebody who clogs the move of the Holy Ghost. I want to be someone who releases the flow of the Holy Ghost, that wherever I am, they feel the sense of the Holy Spirit. Brothers, we're going to bless our sisters right now. And I asked Brother O'Henny, he and the men's group, they put together a blessing to give to our black sisters. And so, Brother Henny, why don't you come right now and... Give the blessing, and then I'm going to come.
and give a final blessing. But between Brother Henny's blessing and my blessing, I'm going to challenge you men to get ready to write your own blessing. Thank you, Bishop. As um, Bishop said, we, let me just say this was a tremendous word and I'm just even overwhelmed. I thank God for your life. Um, I see many women out there saying I'm looking for my Boaz. I've heard that term over, my, my Boaz. I know people have heard that. We call some Christianese a little bit, I'm looking for my Boaz. I never see any man say I'm trying to learn to be a Boaz. Never see it. And that might explain some of the challenges that we are facing. This blessing is about setting a new standard. Later, Carmen sent me a text and he talked about being a prototype. Men, we're trying to do something new. See, some of us have had the excuse that we've never seen it before. I, I never had an example. And, and, and that's true. Many of us never had an example. We have an example. It's dedicated three weeks to our sisters in need, black women. We have an example. The goal is to build a better model of man, one that God can use, one that Jesus can use. So this blessing is for everyone, and I speak on behalf of the Thursday night men's group. It's for everyone because for some of us, it's a call to action. Oh, Bishop, those, those points about WD-40, would we men absorb each of those points? We need to do a whole conference around that, truthfully. Truthfully, truth be told, the conviction in my heart. So for some of us, it's a call to action. We pray, and especially the men of the Thursday night group, pray that for our sisters, our black women, that this would truly be a blessing that affirms what, is, what you're hearing from the heart of God. So I invite you to extend your hands in the posture, as Bishop always says, of receiving. Or maybe if you're, if you're a brother and you want to extend your hands in the posture of surrender and put your hands up. Either one, God will use. So this is a prayer and blessing to black women. We confess that we do not always know how to support you. We acknowledge the painful history of gender relations in the church, of toxic masculinity, of discrimination, of abuse and misogyny. We repent, we repent for our complicity in a culture that objectifies and dismisses black women. Secondly, we commit, we commit to being in the right place with God. We will maintain a connection to the Holy Spirit to ensure that we are men after God's own heart. We will be men who overcome mistrust and lead in radical transparency. We will learn to approach you with care and honor, acknowledging both the masculine and feminine characteristics of God. Thirdly, we commit to seeking God for black women's concerns. Commit to praying and fasting for God's mercy and justice in your lives. We will reach out intentionally and consistently as we hold our leadership accountable to being free from patriarchy and to protect you from brothers who seek to harm you. As we bring your concerns to the community, as we bring them forward and acknowledge our male privilege, we will seek the humility of Jesus and use our power to amplify the voices of black women. We will listen to how you want to be served. How you want us to stand in the gap for you. How you want to be blessed. And so may God bless you to touch the heart of God and move the hand of God. May God bless you with the ability to change your family's destinies. May God bless you and multiply the effects of your efforts to succeed 
May God bless you with holiness and wholeness. We bless you to overcome every false label, every false label established as your identity. We bless you to be free in the home, in your families, in your friendships, in the church, in education, in the marketplace, in every interaction and every area of your life. We bless and affirm your equality and oneness with us in God's design for creation. Amen. God bless you as God blesses all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Henny. Thank you so much. Well, as we get ready to give you a blessing, I want to challenge you men right now. The first Sunday, I pronounced a blessing over our black woman as a father in the Lord. Last week, we had our black woman and other women's women to bless uh, black women, females blessing females. Today, men, black men, I want you to write on the chat a blessing for our black women, our black sisters. I want you to just write a, a general blessing. And not only uh, black men, but even, you know, there are, we have a wonderful white men and men who are not black in this congregation who, who look at our black women like sisters, I mean, real sisters in the Lord, we invite you also to write a blessing, a, a general blessing out of your heart in the chat line of what you want to see God do in the lives of black women. So write, write it right now, write it right now. This week, I'm also going to challenge you as I'm about to give the final blessing. I challenge you to text, email, call, write a card to a black woman and tell her, I'm your brother. This is what I appreciate about you. I got you covered. There's nothing sexual about it. There's nothing I'm trying to get. I just want to let you know, I got your back. As I was preparing this message, I thought of two um, black females very close to me, high leadership positions. And I started thinking of all the challenges that they are facing in their, in their leadership roles. They don't go to this church. And I began to write a card and just wrote all the things that I appreciated about them. And then I said at the end, I want you to know that I'm your brother and I got your back. I love you. And I didn't put Bishop, I just simply put Brian. Yes, you know me as Bishop, but at this moment, you're my sister. This is Brian. God bless you, we wanna just Say, may the Lord bless you with his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. And may you take the time, black woman, to listen to this series over again without the chat without people around, but just you hearing the heart of your God saying to his black daughter, I love you. And may in those quiet times as you're listening to this sermon, you receive the love of God. Be blessed and have a fantastic week.